you can say in your heart this morning Jesus is mine for he has made himself yours your savior your lord he's everybody's god he's the creator of all things and all people but he has a very special relationship with his children with his chosen sheep Psalm chapter 77. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart. And my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary, who is so great a God as our God. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee, they were afraid, the depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water, the skies sent out a sound, thine errors also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven, the lightnings lighted the world, the earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path is in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou ledest my people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Turn with me this morning to begin with to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, again I say for several months, we have been uh, looking into and studying the significance of God's Word to His followers, to His children, to those whom he has quickened, as the scripture puts it, or made alive in him. So we're going to continue that this morning. Again, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 1 says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence am base among you, and he's talking about himself now, am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you, 
But I beseech you that you may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. So, uh, I actually, we heard about Brother Peter. I can't imagine having several churches at one time as he does, but the Lord leads and directs. And Paul here is approaching an issue in the church at Corinth. For some thought of him and those with him that they walked according to the flesh. But he is straightening this out. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in the flesh, verse 3, we do not war after the flesh. Now we've talked a lot recently about the fact that we are in a spiritual battle. It is a biblical fact that as we live this life in Christ, in the world, that we are in a battle and there is an enemy who is active in our lives. And that enemy, of course, has always been and is a liar and the father of lies. He is a murderer and he loves to kill. And he is alive and active in the world today. We talked right there around New Year's about the Christian needing more than a New Year's resolution. And it's because of this active enemy in our lives that we need a New Day's resolution, don't we? Sometimes I need a New Hour's resolution because of the things that go on in my life and around my life that I see and am a lot of times a part of that would restrain me from seeking God, that would restrain me from thinking about this path of life that I've been put on and what my next step is. This battle is in our mind, isn't it? It absolutely is. Satan in the Garden of Eden persuaded Eve. He tricked her. In her mind, she thought that he was telling the truth when he told her that you're going to be like God. That's why he doesn't want you to eat of the fruit of this tree. He lied to her, and she believed him. That happens today with the enemy. He lies to us. He will make us think that the things that God say are not true. He tries to make us think, and he's persuaded much of the world that God's Word is not authentic, that it's not significant to us in the way we think, speak, walk, and live our lives. He's the liar. This world system, he makes so attractive to the flesh, doesn't he? He does. A lot of times... We may become involved in something in our lives because it's fun or it's entertaining or it's funny. It's hard sometimes not to laugh at these jokes that we don't approve of, isn't it? It is because of the flesh that still dwells within us. Now last week we talked about, we talked about Jesus as our sure foundation. It is this faith in Him 
that, by the way, you'll remember he is the author of. And praise God, it gives me joy in my heart to know that he's the finisher of it too. He is able to complete that which I've promised or committed to him. And that is the path of life that I have committed to him to walk. To continually strive uh, for and seek to be like him. We read in Ephesians chapter 6. I was going to put that poster up this morning, but I didn't. uh, That shows the whole armor of God. But we read that we are to do all that we can to stand and then stand. Paul says, stand therefore that we may be able to stand against the wiles, the lies, the deceptions of the devil. He is our enemy and he is real. Now we went over to Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 15 and we read who he is. Jesus said he saw him fall from heaven like lightning. He convinced himself of the same lie that he convinced Eve of, didn't he? He wanted to be above God. He wanted to exalt himself and the third part of the angels, his followers, above God, didn't he? That's what he convinces people of today. He convinces people today that we, mankind, are smarter than he is. That we have the ability and the authority to decide what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. And he's convinced a greater part of mankind of this very thing. And what's the very base uh, thought that he's implying? That you're your own God. That same lie, isn't it? The exact same lie. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul said in verse 3 once again, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. This word war is referring to all that we do to maintain our direction. Does that make sense? All the things that we uh, continually think, the things that we continually seek to learn about to be who we are in Christ. It's a war. It really is. It's a battle. Because the enemy is pulling at us, isn't he? Any direction that pulls us away from God's Word and the fact that it is the authentic Word of God, and by the way, it's kept here by His mighty hand. Many have tried to destroy God's Word from off the face of the earth. But praise God, none can thwart His hand. And He has kept this as a provision for us because He knew and He knows how much we need it. All right. So, though we are in the flesh, we are not seeking to live according to the flesh. We are not fighting this battle so that we can be more world-like. No. Paul and we are fighting this battle so that we will be conformed to the image of Christ as we've been predestined to. You see, God's in control of your life. 
It's He who is drawing you closer to Him. It's He who has provided what you needed. It is God who applies it to your mind so that you can apply it to the way you think, the way you act, and the way you live. Chapter 4 says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, sorry, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So though we walk in the flesh because we're living creatures, yet we don't seek our lives in the flesh. We don't fight or thrive to be more like the world, do we? No. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. They're mighty. And they're mightier than any human effort. They're mightier than any satanic effort. See, Satan's already been defeated. The Lord said you're going to have tribulation in this world. He was right. And we do. And a lot of it is because of those who want to pull us away from the direction we're in, which is living for God. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now we looked at a few of these last week and really just ran across them, which is what we'll do again today pretty much. But these strongholds are things in our lives that Satan tries to use to influence us, to change the way we think. He doesn't like the way we think when we think that this is the authentic Word of God and that it's right and he's wrong. This is truth and he's a liar. So he uses subtle things in our lives. Sometimes we'll miss them because we're not looking hard enough. But we need to know our enemy in this daily battle that we're in, don't we? We do. I wouldn't want to go fight somebody that I've never heard of, don't know anything about. I want to know something about him. So it's true in this daily walk that we walk in this world where Satan is the little G God or the ruler of this world. And certainly we want to always remember that he's under God's control too. He's only allowed to do what God in his own purpose allows him to do. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Strongholds. So these strongholds, again, are influences from the enemy who wants to hurt God's people. Satan told God when the sons of God came to meet with him that, look at Job. If you take something away from him, he just loves you, God, because you give him stuff. He's got family. He's got all these things. But take that away and he'll curse you. Well, he was wrong, What? He was absolutely wrong. Why? Because Job's weapons were spiritual and they were mighty through God. Same is true with us. Strongholds. He uses these things. He uses these thoughts of depression. Remember what Jesus Christ said. Yes, you're going to have tribulation. And yes, uh, they can be depressing. 
Yes, you can go through anxiety. You can fear. You can be angry. You can be insecure. But he said, be of good cheer, see? For I, Jesus Christ, have overcome all of those things that you're facing. I have overcome the world and all that it represents. Verse 5, this is how we do it. Verse 4 said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. You see, there's our strength. There's where we stand on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us because He's defeated all these things that we're up against every day. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. What's an imagination? Well, it's something made up, isn't it? It's something that's not true, isn't it? Not that we can't imagine something and it become true or come true. But these are those influential thoughts that the enemy uses to infiltrate and train your mind or the way you think. He wants to cause us to believe a lie about who God is. He wants to cause us to believe a lie about who we are. And see, those are two very important things, not only to realize initially, and God has to enlighten us to the fact that He is God and we are His creatures, totally dependent on Him, These influences, they're lies because the enemy is using them to pull us away from the truth. There's our foundation again. Who do you say he was? The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Satan is a false way. He's a lie. He's not the truth. And he is death. And Jesus Christ has defeated him. Praise God. Amen. Casting down these imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And you know a lot of, and we'll notice in our life, a lot of the things that uh, cause people, if you will, to believe that the Word of God is not authentic, that it's not real, that some man or some king had it written to control his people, where that comes from is pride. Where the natural man says in his heart, I'll not have this person reign over me. I'll make my own decisions. I'll be my own God. I'm in control. It comes from pride, see? Paul says that we need to cast down imaginations in every high thing. There's the pride of man that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Oh, praise God that He provided this book for us. And He gave us a need for it in our hearts and our minds. Yes, it burns within us, doesn't it? 
to express what he's done for us. Casting down these imaginations that come into our mind, this pride, all these high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity these thoughts. And as we do, as we bring into captivity these thoughts, again, that are from the enemy, they're lies, they are to infiltrate the way we think and change the way we think so that we'll change our path. Because Satan don't like us walking in the path of Jesus Christ, does he? No. But bringing into captivity every thought and then what's left when we get rid of all that? It's the Lord that lives within us, isn't it? Absolutely. When we get rid of all the lies, what's left? The truth. The truth, you see. And bringing into captivity, verse 5, every thought to the obedience of Christ. There's our rock, isn't it? Now, our weapons are of warfare. They're not carnal, but they are spiritual. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Somewhere right before you get to James. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8 says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. A rest, a peace. We can have that peace in our heart. We can have that rest in our heart. Why? Because we remember what Jesus said. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But rest. Don't be anxious. Don't be depressed. Rest. Be of good cheer, you see, is what he said. For I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Therefore remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Verse 10 says, For he that is entered into his rest, into this peace, knowing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and paid for my sin, and I have peace in my heart. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. Praise God. Yes, salvation is of works. The works that Jesus Christ did when He lived His perfect life and then freely gave it for you. For he that has entered into His rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from Him. Verse 11 says, Let us labor therefore. Here's the act of taking those thoughts into captivity. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. To be at peace. How do we do that? We remember what God did for us. We remember that He's in control, that He's our Savior, and that we're in His hand. We have peace in our heart. Let us labor, therefore, verse 11, into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. See, that's what Satan wants to do, isn't it? He wants to pull us into that pit of unbelief. Why? Verse 12 tells us. For the Word of God is quick. Look it up. That means alive. It's alive to those that are living 
in Jesus Christ. For the Word of God is quick and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I have a sword drawn up here on the board. I know it looks kind of dull there, but that's my arm shaking. (laughs) But it's sharp. It cuts both ways, doesn't it? It does. For the Word of God is alive. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Any of them. And it pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Boy, it's a powerful word, isn't it? When we realize that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, it's a saving and powerful knowledge, isn't it? Yes, and it goes to the deepest part of us. The soul that God breathed life into when He breathed life into Adam. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, enters the joints and marrow, and is a discerner. Get this. You're talking about the Word of God. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what we've been talking about, isn't it? The thoughts that cause our heart to have intentions of being and doing and living for the Lord. I'll tell you, the Word of God in prayer is the answer, isn't it? It's what you need. It's what we need every day. Again, this Satan-controlled world lies to us about who God is and about who we are. We must fight this spiritual war every day And to do this, we have to pick up and use our spiritual weapons. The Word of God, directed by, given to us by, through the strength strength of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, He's in control, isn't He? We have to guard our minds from any thoughts that would lead us away from the truth of who God is and who we are. The weapons that God has given us to fight this battle are supernatural. Not only do they have supernatural natural power, they have supernatural authority over every enemy that exists or ever has existed, you see. And yes, this supernatural power destroys the strongholds that Satan puts in our paths. All right. Turn with me now to 1 John and we'll close right here. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. Verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Oh, that we put all our trust in Him. He's the faithful God. Not only does He have the power to overcome and has overcome our enemies. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. But He has the authority from God the Father because He pleased Him and He walked a perfect life on this earth and gave it for you and for me. Oh, won't you seek Him on a regular basis? May God bless the reading of His Word to the hearts of His people today, wherever it goes forth. Because He's promised that it would not return to Him empty or void or without fulfilling the purpose that He has for it.